0: Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. At the altar, tears running down our face and everything. He said, whosoever comes, let them come. Let them come. Let him come. 2 Kings 5 and 7. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make alive? I'm a politician. I'm not in all this resurrection business. What what is this? That this man sends word to me to cure a man of leprosy? Only consider and see how he is seeking a quarrel with me. See, the problem is the king looked at this situation through a political lens instead of a spiritual lens. And we react wrongly when we look at life situations through the wrong lens. People come in here and you're talking about, what's going to happen to my church? But you're looking at the wrong lens. The wrong lens. You need to be thinking, what's going to be happening to them when they come to the altar? What's going to happen to them when they hear the word of God? You hear what I'm saying? All oh, the change that God walked in my life, he's going to walk, r- work in that life just as quickly and, and in the same way, and sometimes even more marvelously. Jesus speaks to us, and he says this in Luke 11 and 34. He says, your eye, which really represents your mind, is the lamp or the lens of your body. When your eye or your mind, your thinking, your perspective is healthy, your whole body will be healthy and full of light. But when your eye is bad, when your eye is sectarian, when when your eye is judgmental, when your eye is condemning, when your eye is bad, your body is full of what? Darkness. This church can become dark If we look at people the wrong way, if people become problems and not opportunities, we need to shut the door of this church. I'm preaching better than you saying amen right now. We should never look at truth through politically correct or incorrect, whatever lens. Just leave the politics out. Instead, look at politics through a biblical lens. If I say to you as your pastor, I say a baby's no less than a baby five months before he's born, then five months after he's born. If I can't kill a baby two weeks after birth, I shouldn't be able to kill him two weeks before. Now, if I say that, oh, bishops becoming b- b- political. No. It's not political, but biblical. (laughs) I don't care about your party. I'm talking about our God. Do you understand? And last I check, all of us are going to answer to him. Listen to Jesus, lest you say, I don't know about him. John 10 and 10. Jesus said, let me explain some things to you. He said, I came... That they, speaking of his sheep, may have life and have it abundantly. And everything we do, how many of y'all want to be like Jesus? All right. Amen. Amen. I'm with you on that. If we want to be like Jesus, everything we do, we need to lean toward life. He said, I came that you might have life. And because he came to bring life, give life, everything I think and do and choose must lean toward life. On the other hand, the thief, he comes only to steal and what? Kill Kill and destroy. So the devil, on the other hand, always leans toward death. Let's line up with the word instead of trying to twist the word to kind of line up with us. You're doing better than the first service. I appreciate that. 1 John 1 and 9. I'm not talking down to you. I'm not trying to be. I got my own story that I could tell. Let me read something I know. If we confess, that word confess literally means in the original language to say the same thing about. It's not just you saying something, it's saying the same thing. It says, if we confess our what? Sins. sins. Meaning, if we start saying the same thing about our behavior that God says about our behavior, then what's promised can follow. Yeah. But if you keep calling your sins, you know, a mistake or an amoeba or a or, or, or fetus, yeah, come on. We need to call it what it is. Because you can't get help till you tell the truth. If we confess our what? Sins. Here's something I know. In spite of what I did, in spite of what I I do, he is faithful. But here's the deal. You got to call it what it is. You got to call it what, Lord, that was not just a mistake. I was selfish. I made a choice. Daddy, I was wrong. And I'm sorry. He's not saying, you know, crawl on glass. He's not saying beat yourself on the back. He just said, just say what I say about it. You did wrong. Now, 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 take my attitude now so you don't do it again and call it what it is. It was a sin against God and the baby. Watch this. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and He's just to forgive us. See, you won't confess it because somehow, I don't know, maybe God is too small to forgive it in your mind. Now, our God is big enough to handle anything you can throw in His direction. Calvary's cross was the complete provision for humanity and every misdeed mistake we've ever made. He said, if we would just say what God says about our sins, God will show Himself faithful. God will be just, and he will forgive us of our sins. And then on top of that, he'll clean up what we messed up. He'll cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So admit it. Change the law all you want. Admit it. I did wrong, God. I'm sorry. And then when you do that, it just opens the floodgates of God and He'll start cleansing you and, no, no, I don't want you to feel that you can't get past that. I love you and and, and, and I want to wash you and I want to remove all memory of that thing from your life. But if you refuse to call it like it is, God can't heal us like he wants. You got to call it, though. 2 Kings 5 and 8. But when Elisha... The man of God heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes. He sent to the king saying, what you doing? Why are you so upset? Can our God do what he's famed for doing? So he said, let him now come to me. Don't send him away. I got this. That he may know that there is a prophet in Israel. People need to know that we serve a God that is still active and alive in our hearts. Are you hearing me? People need to know. So Naaman came with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of Elisha's house. And and this man was a great and powerful, very wealthy man. Obviously, to carry all that wealth, there was probably a caravan with him. He really knew how to make an entrance, and an entrance he made here. And Elisha, though, watch this. He didn't do like many of us would do. We get in front of the rich and famous, and we start, oh, you're just so wonderful. And, and he started pushing the poor people, get out of my way. I want to talk to the rich guy. And, 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 you know, not Elisha. Elisha didn't even come to the door. Elisha sent a messenger to him. This is very, very important because God has not changed. God still sends instructions through messengers. Now, all of us have personal relationships with God, and that's important. That's, that's really good. But it gets weird when everyone, I just have my personal relationship with God. I, I know what the Bible said, but I have a personal. I know what, 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 what uh, uh people praying and say, and, and people who know God say, but, but I have a personal relationship. No, 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 no. God is the same God. And he still sends messages or instructions through messengers. Now, the bulk of your instruction you might get on your own, but there's a piece of instruction that you can only get in community, that you can only get under the anointing in the corporate setting. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Even those live streaming because you tuned in, even though there's a distance, you know that connection and that, that 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 live encounter. Though I do recommend still getting in a church and getting involved with where people are. There's just some things you cannot get from afar. This is what he said. Now, he sent a messenger saying, go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored. Now, pay attention to that, because in a minute he's going to act like God didn't say that. And you shall be clean. But Naaman was what? Angry. Instead of hearing Elisha said that God's going to restore you or heal you, all Naaman heard was go jump in the lake. I've already said enough today to offend a whole lot of people in this room. But don't miss the rest because I, you know, pricked your little spot a couple of moments ago. You hear what I'm saying? And Naaman, after he got angry, he what? Went away. You see, he thought God should heal him and the prophet should move in a, in, a, in a certain way. But when God refused to squeeze into his mold, he got upset. How many of us do the same thing? Yeah. I mean, some of us are expecting that the Baptist way, the Catholic way, the United Method, Methodist way, uh, all different types of way. And when bishops stand up and don't sound like and the worship team don't sound like, you know, the church you grew up in, you hear them say, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Stop it. The million-dollar question is not, do they seem like my last church? It's, is God in that place? That's all. That's all that matters. I'm preaching good. I'm preaching good this morning. (laughs) He went away saying, behold, I thought that's your problem. You think and don't pray. Just because your expectations weren't met or just because you have expectations doesn't mean that your expectations are right or even best. Oh, I'm so disappointed it didn't work out your way. What do you—your th- way? What's your way? Who are you? Last I checked, Jesus said, I am the way, to truth, and the life— and you're talking about didn't go my way. Yeah, went Jesus' is way, Jesus knows exactly what you need. He knows you need this message this morning. He said, behold, I thought that he would surely come out to me. Doesn't God know who I am? I am the great general. I deserve special treatment. After all, I'm Naaman. And many of us approach God the same way. Before God could deal with his leprosy, God had to deal with the man's real sickness, pride. That was his real problem. And God intentionally set you up to reveal that thing you say doesn't exist. I'm not proud. I'm really just as proud as the next person. No big deal. You know, blah, 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 blah. So what what does God, God God said, You know what? I, I know you uh, uh, a deacon at your last church, but you know what you're going to do in this church? You're going to become part of the cleaning tabernacle. <laughs> and when they get in here at five o'clock in the morning, you're going to be cleaning toilets. And I, let me tell you something: we have heads, we we have heads of corporations. We have, I mean, what is it in the, what is it? Fourteens? I don't know. Levels. Y'all, the the, the the government got all these levels. Yeah, yeah, those people. <laughs> but man, they're in here washing floors. Between the services, they're getting things right. You, you can't stop people like that. You can't block people like that. And, and, and God wanted to bless him, but first he had to humble him. God wants to bless you. Pay attention to me now. But he first needs to humble you. So you're going to find some situations that don't go the way you think they should. Then God's going to say, what are you going to do? Are you going to honor me as God or walk away as if I'm not? Surely... The prophet would come out to me. The pastor would have a special meeting with me and stand and call upon the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and cure the leper. Who does he think he is to tell the prophet? How God's supposed to heal him. See, we imagine in our minds how God's supposed to do certain things. Listen, I've done this a million times. I not only tell God how, I tell him when. Lord, by this time, you don't do X, Y, and Z. no, 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 no. And when he doesn't do it, I'm mad and, and all the rest. But here's the deal. God is God, and he seldom does things the way humans think he should. And he does it on purpose. So the general said, uh, well, aren't Abana and Far par the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel. I mean, if if he was, you know, from where many of us were growing up, he'd be shaking his head right about now and doing all that stuff. (laughs) He's upset. And he went into his own reasoning. He said, couldn't I wash in them and be what? Clean. The prophet didn't tell him to take a bath. The prophet told him to be healed. And when you're angry, you seldom hear right. You seldom do. So he turned and went away in a rage. Pride is the root of much of our anger. Every now and then we have a high moment and it's righteous righteous indignation. But proud people are usually very, very angry people because they think things should go a certain way, and it didn't go that way, and they're mad. One day, I was really giving the Lord a talking to. (laughs) I was telling them some things, and I just had to get off my chest. And I ended my speech (laughs) with, Lord, how could you let this thing happen in my life? After all... (laughs) Serving you all these years, and I'm a tither. I'm a giver. I've been faithful, and I didn't do this, and I didn't do that. God spoke up to me. He said, Derek, the only thing I've ever hurt in your life is your pride. Make you just want to scoot under a table. Sometimes the reason we're so hurt all the time has nothing to do with what people are doing. But about the condition of our heart. If we weren't so proud, we wouldn't be so wounded. So instead of just always fixing the wound, God says, let me go right to the root and deal with the pride. Do you understand? But his servants came near and said to him, Good leaders surround themselves with people who can speak up. They said, My father, which was respectful, and, and they honored his office, and his accomplishments. But sometimes the people who love us not only need to protect us from other people, but most importantly, ourselves. Now, let's, let's, we're going to read the next verse in the King James Version, verse 13 still, the King James Version. And his servants came near to him and spoke to him and said, My, my father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, something hard, something heroic, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? If you really think you could do the big things, it should not be a problem to start with the small things. Because ultimately, it's the little things that make the big things. But any good leader, and God's the ultimate leader, he's going to test you with something small before he tests you with something big. So, you know, you say, Lord, give me a new car. I say, well, wash the one you got? <laughs> oh, God, I want a bigger house. Well, clean the one you have. <laughs> Lord, I want a bigger yard. Well, cut your grass. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> that you do have. And when you're faithful with a little, we'll talk about much. <laughs> the ESV here, verse 13. My father... It's a great word that the prophet has spoken to you. Will you not do it? And then watch what his friends say. Has he actually said to you, wash and be clean? No. He didn't. He said, wash and be restored. We need these types of people in our lives to talk us out of stupid. (laughs) See, y'all know what I'm talking about, don't you? My wife frequently talks me out of stupid. I think that's why God created marriage to talk men out of stupid. We all have a place called stupid in our lives. All of us. It's just that some people visit it more frequently than others. But we all have that dumb place. And we're just proud and blinded by what we feel. That should have been the title of this message, Place Called Stupid. (laughs) So he went down and dipped himself seven times. He left a place called stupid, and he did what God said. And he dipped himself seven times in the Jordan, just like the prophet said, according to the word of the man of God. Naaman thought he needed special attention from the prophet or the pastor to get well. But all he really needed was to obey God's word. We see this both with Naaman as we saw it with the little girl. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.